This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over everything that happened in week 10. On Dude, this Sunday was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, there was, was a lot of things going on. There's so much to talk about when it comes yeah. to Week 10 and what the ramifications are moving forward. What the land is, the fantasy, not the fantasy, but the fantasy landscape <laughs> as we move forward. You know, playoff playoff crunch. This is the time where we're trying to make it make into the playoffs. We only got Week 11, Week 12, Week 13, Week 14 left yeah. to make our fantasy playoffs and start Week 15. If you play fantasy playoffs, don't start week 15. You got something to take care of with your commissioner in your league. Okay. Yeah. Fantasy playoffs should be week 15, week 16, week 17, and then week 18 shouldn't count, basically. But yeah, it was an insane week. Okay. But I got a story to tell. Okay. And I'm just going to let you know right now, I am tilting this morning. I'm tilting big time, dude. And, you know, I mentioned on this podcast that I have a, a wide receiver issue in one of my leagues, right? With Keenan Allen out, Hollywood out, <laughs> traded away Juju and Curtis Samuel, uh, but I loaded on some some potential, right? Uh, you know, th- and this week coming into Sunday, I was like, you know, trying to t- get some guys with some upside, right? Yeah. So I traded for Kadarius Tony, traded for Amara St. Brown, picked up Christian Watson. I had all three of those guys in my starting lineup coming into Sunday, and knowing what we know now about Christian Watson and uh, Christian Watson and Kadarius Tony, it's like ching. Yeah. Right. Well, co- going into Sunday, Sunday morning comes around. You know, I, I I do my lives on Instagram and all that. And right before the games, I start overthinking starting Tony and Watson. And I'm like, man, I'm looking at the free agent pool. I'm like, you know what, Marvin Jones. You know, is it a negative <laughs> game script against the Chiefs? Uh, he's going to be playing all the snaps. Right. It's a good matchup. Yeah. Let me let me let me pick him up and throw him in there. <laughs> So uh, I picked him up, dropped Isaiah Pacheco, replaced Kadarius Tony with Mar- Marvin Jones. Kadarius Tony goes off, and Marvin Jones, yeah, didn't do shit. Next, that's not even the worst. Next, Matt Ryan declared the starter. So what did I do? I benched Christian Watson for Paris Campbell. Had him on the bench too. Campbell had a good game. Yeah, but Christian Watson. He goes off for three touchdowns. I lost my 15 points. Okay? And I lost Isaiah Pacheco for Marvin Jones. All right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, listen, I, I, could, I could look at this from a lot of different ways. Okay? Uh, glass half empty for us. You suck. Okay? You overthink <laughs> everything. You, you had it right for a whole week, and last minute you had to change it. Right? And you dropped Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco gets all the run. CEH gets zero touches in this game. Okay. They moved on from CEH. Now Isaiah Pacheco's the guy. Okay. I yeah. could have had him. Glass half full. You know, I have Christian Watson. I have Kadarius Tony. I have Paris Campbell. Right. A couple of guys that you're, you're definitely picking up on waivers. Yeah. Right. Christian Watson and Paris Campbell specifically. Potentially hold me down for the foreseeable future, you know, in addition to Amara St. Brown. But it's really hard for me to see the glass half full right now, Zach. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm recovering a little bit this morning. I hear you. Hey, well, at least the uh, Jets didn't lose. Um, they were on by. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you're not, if you're if you're paying attention, you know, this is the greatest development that came out of this weekend, you know, week 10. So that that definitely, uh, I feel that. I had that happen to me a couple of weeks ago where, you know, you're just off by that a little bit much. Um, 
who would have seen Christian Watson taking the life out of the Cowboys and Cowboys fans like me? I'm hurting because Dallas lost, but I'd say I'd be a little bit more upset about fantasy. That that one hurts a little bit. Um, so I lost by like 15 points, right? And yeah. you know, if I had Kadarius Tony in for Marvin Jones, that would have won it. If I had Christian Watson in for Paris Campbell, that would have won it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not feeling so great on this Monday because, you know, decisions like that, especially last minute ones where you're just like, what the hell were you thinking, dude? Yeah. I think I was off the high we... of my two hour lives on Instagram. And I'm just like, <laughs> whatever I do touches the gold. Yeah. It's all good, man. Overthink it. It's okay. <laughs> we, yeah, we have all been there. So it's not like, you know, this is anything that we, we feel for you. But, um, I think, you know, with those Instagram lives that you're saying that you do, I think that might be information overload and you actually might have let yourself be convinced otherwise, you know, just talking yeah. about it. The more you talk about it, the more you overthink, you know, if you just step away, take your hands off of everything, fantasy football, let it go, you know, that yeah. might have worked out better for you, which that's what I kind of try to do because I, I, I got screwed over the same way a couple of weeks ago where I was looking at my lineup. I'm like, oh, you know. I got I got to make this last minute switch, and then I, I got screwed over. I forget exactly what it was, but I'm looking towards the future. I'm hopefully going to be riding a two game win streak. I'm coming back, you know, I was, I was know, three and five. I, I'm I'm maybe back to five hundred. Wait, are you are you back to five hundred in our league? Yeah, if if I, as long as Jalen Hurts doesn't explode, explode, you know, okay, <laughs> we should we should okay. be good. Oh, Dallas okay, Goddard good. has like a a forty ish point cushion to work with. So. Okay. Yeah, I like that. We're I like that. There. Now, yeah, I'll say this: like my process was a little bit messed up yesterday. I had a friend come over, and that friend is in our league, so I think he sabotaged Ooh, me. I that think that's might be happened. it. Yeah, we so I, think, I think I think this was a case of the uh, of sabotage. Yeah, you know, he came in, and I, I was, I was, you know, I'm listen. I put Wait, out a lot is, of fancy is it, content. Is this the guy you were playing against? No, no, no. Okay. I, All I, right, I, that I go. can't do. Right, I wish it was. <laughs> Because I wouldn't have asked him any for any advice, right? Yeah, right, right, and, right, right? You know, I just wanted his opinion. You know, like, listen, I also get opinions from other people too, right? Just, I don't have all Believe the answers. Or not. So, yeah, the expert. But you know, I'm like, hey, <laughs> listen, man, like, like, what do you think? You know, it's like, yeah, I think you're right, man. Marvin Jones. I, 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 I. I'm like, all right, whatever. Anyway, huh. yeah, I, I can't get over it, dude. I can't. Hey, I can't. It's too bad you didn't pick up Zay Jones or you have Zay Jones to start him. He actually has Zay Jones was day. available. I would have uh, picked him up, and yeah, he, he, had, a he, he had a decent day. Stuff. Wrong Jones, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're not brothers, right? They're oh, not brothers. Boy. They're not brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers. But two Jones. All right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Here we go. All right. Let's move on. Time to uh, talk about what you came here for. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get it going, man. Uh, so we'll get into all the injuries. We'll get into everything that happened on Sunday. But let's start with the the London, the not the London game, but the Germany game. Okay. Yeah. Rashad White ends up starting the game for the Bucks. Uh, he leads them in rushing. 22 carries, 105 yards. Uh, he was in every down back for that first drive. Then they kind of, him and Fournette kind of rotated, uh, you know, on a drive-by-drive -drive basis. And then Fournette got hurt in the third quarter, middle of the third quarter, with that hip injury. He has a hip pointer injury. Nothing too serious. He could be back. They have a bye this week. He could be back the week after. Um, but Fournette, you know, obviously had a bunch of rushes as well. And then he got the touchdown, too, before he got hurt. Um, but this is a very interesting situation because we heard rumblings of this, of Rashad White kind of getting some more run. He ended up starting the game. He looked good in this game. He broke off a couple big runs, and Tom Brady was pretty excited. You know, he showed some visible excitement for Rashad White. Uh, Fournette also threw that interception to Tom Brady on and one of the most amazing-looking plays you've, you're ever going to see. Yeah, Tom Brady <laughs> was, like, literally out on a route, and uh, if you call it that, slipped, and the defender picked it off. Hilarious. Um, but it, it, this backfield is interesting, man. Um, you know, it's getting to the point where this is probably going to be a 50 50 split, you know, at the very least moving forward. Um, or, you know, you're going to have a one, a one B situation, but you might not be able to know who's going to be the one a and who's going to be the one B, you know, on a week to week basis. But for now, if you have Rashad white, you know, things are looking pretty good because you're going to potentially be able to start him moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And with Leonard Fournette, you know, the injury, I'm not sure how bad that's going to be or, you know, what that's going to look like long term. Um, but any injury, you know, to Leonard Fournette is only going to be feed Rashad White more carries. And we've talked about Rashad White. He's been on our waiver show every single week. And we said, you know, pick up Rashad White this year. Weekly reminder to pick up Rashad White. Hopefully you did, because at this point now, it looks like he might be in line for more work. And he looked good. You know, he didn't have any receptions. 
which was kind of disappointing, you know, for me. But as far as him carrying the ball on the ground, you know, he looked explosive, very good. Um, I think that he showed the upside that he has. You know, it's it, he will have a higher ceiling once the receiving work comes. Um, the Buccaneers were in control for most of the day, so they they didn't have to, you know, push the envelope too much. Rashad White was just, you know, doing the dirty work between the tackles and, and picking up the yards and running out the clock. But he showed that he is, you know, a high-end talent behind Leonard Fournette. And if Leonard Fournette can't go next week, you know, Rashad White, you know, he, he might be a really nice play. And then yeah. going back to what you said about Tom Brady, I don't know if you saw the tweet that he put out afterwards, because if I don't slip on that route, quote unquote, you know, that's Randy Moss over the top. <laughs> I didn't thing. see that. I didn't see yeah, it. I, I, I did see Fournette tweet out a picture of him throwing the ball saying QB2. Um, <laughs> and everyone's just like, dude, you threw a pick. Like, yeah. <laughs> hello. Um, trying to be Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, it's funny because the Bucks, like the Bucks official Twitter account also commented on that. Just saying, like, Lenny, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> kind of funny, kind of funny. Yeah, Social yeah. media fun. But, you know, it, it, going forward, you know, you might be able to start Rashad White, you know, as like an RB2. You know, the options, you know, are in terms of like what the range of outcomes are going to be. Like, it's all over the place in terms of this mm-hmm. backfield. But you might have two starting options here. Um, Rashad White did r- run a route on 50% of dropbacks. He didn't receive a target in this game. But, you know, the 50% of dropbacks is legit. You know, with Tom Brady, you know, he's known to check it down a little bit. So we could see those days ahead for him, yeah. um, you know. So, if you have White, you're feeling good. If you have Fournette, you're not feeling as good. Yeah. And even before the injury to Leonard Fournette, you know, Rashad White, you said there were rumblings that he was coming up and he was gaining a little momentum. You know, this is only going to help Rashad White to get some more touches and more time in this backfield. That, that, very good news for Rashad White. Leonard Fournette, you know, I, I keep clinging on to the fact that, you know, he's doing all right. He's doing all right fantasy. And I'm saying that you should you should hold on to him. But you know, obviously, this injury complicates things. I think you can still hold on to him, but it looks like his days of being a bonafide RB one, like I've been calling him, are, are, are gone. I think that might be it for this season. It's too late now, Zach. You gotta accept it. Okay, it's too late. Just accept it. Fournette is, uh, you know, we should have sold him a long time ago. That's that's what it really comes down to. Because he 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 has that he had the, always had that RB one type of tag, you know, next to him, and he was like declared an RB one, and not anymore. Unfortunately, there's too many good running backs now. To be honest, yeah. Um, all right, let's move forward to the Bills Vikings game. What a game, dude! This was one of the best games I've seen in a while. Like, I would say probably like a top 20 game for me ever. Like, it top was 20, like, I would say so. Yeah, how many games 20. have you seen? I mean, I, I mean, I, <laughs> you're older than me by a little bit, but you know, I don't know. Top 20, yeah. I, I really like enjoyed that better. game, yeah. I really, really enjoyed that game. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, didn't have like playoff implicate. You know, it wasn't like a playoff game or anything like that. So let's say yeah. top twenty regular season. How's that? Okay. Um, you know, but a huge day for Justin Jefferson. Ten for one ninety three and a touchdown on sixteen targets. Uh, that catch that he made was, you know, one of the best that you're going to see. Uh, you know, and T.J. Hawkinson another high target game with ten. He caught seven for forty five. Um, but yeah, man, like T.J. Hawkinson is looking like a top five tight end rest of the season. Um, and then you have Justin Jefferson. What about that catch, though? Yeah. Legit. You want to talk about that catch? That's the best catch I've ever seen. I mean, even over Odell's. And a lot of it has to do... Well, okay. A lot of it has to do with the context. A lot of it has to do with one hand on the ball going up for it versus two for the defender who has a clear, clear shot at it. You know, the defender should come out, come away with that 10 out of 10 times. But Justin Jefferson just muscled away with him. But also the fact that it was... Was it fourth and 18? Was it? Yes. And on the road in a game where you're like proven that you're a legit team, like that was the catch. That was the best catch I've seen. I think I'll say this. The most impressive part of the catch for me, like wasn't that he, he wrestled it away from the defender. Obviously that was extremely impressive, but the way he was squeezing the ball on the way down for it not to be, you know, cause he hit the, he hit the ground pretty hard too. Yeah. So he, by, by the time that he he hit the ground, he had the ball but he squeezed it so hard that he didn't let it jar loose right. where in, it, it was in a situation where that ball should have been jarred loose. That it should have hit the ground and he mm-hmm. was squeezing it so hard opposite of gravity that, and the ball didn't, the ball didn't come out. And I was just like, dude, like that, that was legit yeah. right there. So where, yeah. Are you talking about when he's coming down, it looks like he's palming it with like a basketball kind of. almost. That's kind what it of. kind of looked like when it was coming yeah. down. And that was between the defender's arms. Yeah. So. That yeah, that is impressive, you know. 
there's so much to dissect with that play in general, but all of it has to do with Justin Jefferson. It's just ridiculous. I mean, a lot of receivers are good, but Justin Jefferson, he might have kind of, for the he's time the being, receiver. separated He's the best receiver in the league. As the best receiver, yeah. Who, who's in that conversation? Obviously, Tyreek Hill, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Yeah. I mean, for right now, I think that Who things else? will settle it? back Cooper down. Yeah. Things will settle back down. You know, the debate is still ongoing, obviously. But for right now, and maybe rest of the season, unless the rest of those guys do it, Justin Jefferson is going to be, you know, the best receiver in the league this season. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we'll, and we'll get to Cooper Cup's injury in a little bit. But, you know, that, that doesn't look good. Um, no. Josh Allen in this game, he ended up playing. He didn't look like himself completely, but... He was like 75% Josh Allen. And yeah. just just that it makes him one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just that enough, he was able to get it done for fantasy, make some big plays. And both Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis were able to come through. We talked about how much we liked Gabe Davis's matchup this week. Um, and he ended up coming through in this game, even without Josh Allen having that, you know, big arm this yeah. week. And Gabe Davis, he really, I mean, he was having a good game, but he Got a little bit of help at the end of the game. You know, that might be something. If people were playing against Gabe Davis and they lost (laughs) by a point or two, they're going to be really salty about that call that they missed. You know, on Gabe Davis at the end, I don't know if you saw where he juggled it. Yeah, It shouldn't have been a catch. Well, they should have reviewed it, first of all. Like, they didn't even – it was under two minutes. He was out of bounds. They should have, at the very least, reviewed that play. And the NFL really, really botched that call. And, you know, if it wasn't for that, Listen, uh, I'm not sure. You know, listen, at the end of the day, Minnesota won the game, mm-hmm. right? But they should have won it to overtime. Yeah. No, that's 100% true. And that's the thing. You got to fix these things before they have ramifications. You know, obviously they did, but not to the point where, you know, the Bills won or anything like that. So they kind of got away with that. But I think the NFL did come out and say that that was a botch call already. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we, we didn't do that correctly. Now, I'd like to have a word with them about Jair Alexander on CD Lamb in my game, but that's that's for another day. So <laughs> we'll see. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get something on that. But yeah, no, Gabe Davis came through for you. Stefan Diggs came through for you. You know, pretty much, I mean, against against the odds a little bit, like you said, with Josh Allen being a little bit banged up. I wasn't sure what to expect, but like you said, 75% Josh Allen is still top 10 quarterback in the league, maybe even top seven, you know, so yeah, he'll, he'll be just fine, especially for fantasy purposes. You know, his legs weren't broken. We saw that. Exactly. He was just running through guys. And on the one interception return that he threw that pick um, right before the end of regulation, I think it was, um, he threw his hurt arm into Patrick Peterson on the return, trying to tackle him. It's Dude. Like, Unbelievable. The, the announcers were just like, just what reckless. are you doing, Josh Allen? Yeah. Straight up reckless, dude. This is, he, he's a gamer, man. At the end of the day, if he's oh, on the field, it. he's balling. You know? Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, I love it. But, you know, you kind of got to think about that as the franchise guy. But, you know, I'm not going to criticize. He's doing much better than I could ever do a quarterback. So, Before we move on to Justin Fields, if you're, worried, if you're wondering about Naheem Hines in that trade, he played on only six snaps in this game. So he's mm-hmm. not involved in the offense at all right now. Um, Devin Singletary played on 72% of snaps. He's still the guy. Naheem Hines, I'm assuming he's going to get in at some point, but you know, apparently yeah. he's not ready just yet. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to, it's still a little bit. You'd hope to see him involved a little bit more at this point. Yeah. You know, he's had now almost two whole weeks of practice, right? So he should be, you know, being worked in and he didn't. So I, I'm not sure what's up with that. You know, still holding out hope. I'm not going to like just be like, oh, well, we're dropping him now. You know, they traded for him to sit on the bench. No, that's not the case. I think he's going to get some run down the, down the stretch, but I, Right now, you know, I, I wouldn't be starting him next week until he shows that he can actually get on the field. Agreed. Another huge game for Justin Fields. Like, he has arrived from yeah. a fantasy standpoint. Like, there's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Fields right now. There aren't any quarterbacks you'd rather start than these three. Am I wrong? No, none. And I'd argue that Justin Fields has looked the best and the most dynamic, you know, the past two, three weeks. Even over the other two, I mean, Josh Allen, yeah, Josh no, Allen, for sure. Maybe but not. Like, obviously, for the rest of the season, though. Like, is there another quarterback besides these three that you'd rather have? No, 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 not at all. And ju- the way Justin Fields is producing, you know, it's ridiculous. It's Lamar Jackson esque. <laughs> you know, he's because he, Lamar. He is running the ball like a ridiculous amount. You know, two straight games now of 145 plus yards on the ground. And then three total rush touchdowns over that span. Two rush touchdowns of over 60 yards over these past two weeks, one in each game. And just ridiculousness from Justin Fields. This is the upside we were hoping for. And it's a bit ironic. It sucks that they're losing these games. 
but it's also great because, you know, that means it's a close game the whole way and he's going to be playing the whole time. Yeah. Um, the game script has been perfect. Oh, know? that was a good game too. Yeah, it was. It was really good. I was hoping that Justin Fields, he got a chance with the ball at the end of the game, just like he did last week. You know, he had a chance to put some more points on the board, but both times they, they fell short. But I, I don't put any blame on Fields as far as losing the game. He's doing everything he can to give them a, a chance. And, you know, at the end of the day, good for fantasy, but man, he's also fun to watch. You know, you watch is, him. Man. Like that play where he um he was getting sacked and it looked like he didn't even go down. Like his knees hardly bent. Like yeah. the guy was supposed he was supposed to go down for a sack. He just escaped that thing and, and scrambled. I'm like, yo, this dude is something else, man. Like he almost had that touchdown too on that left side. I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm I'm just like shaking my head, you know. I'm just like, dude, I cannot believe that Kadarius Tony just scored. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh boy. Anyway, All right. uh moving on. Khalil Herbert, you know, he hurt his hip in this game. He left the game and didn't return. Monitor that if he's out for any amount of time, Montgomery gets a big upgrade. We don't know the severity of that injury just yet, but I would assume Montgomery would be up near 80%, 90% snap share if Khalil Herbert, you know, were to be out for a game yeah. or two. Cole Komet with another two touchdown game, his second two touchdown game in a row, five touchdowns now in three games. He's looking like one of Justin Fields' favorite weapons right now. Yeah, and that's really all it comes down to. Tight ends are fickle players, you know, especially the way they produce. And with Justin Fields dialing in to Cole Komet, you know, at this point, you you can be starting him because he's not throwing. Even though he has Darnell Mooney, they traded for Chase Claypool. They it's funny they trade for Chase Claypool. They're like, here's a new here's a new weapon for you. He's like, all right, let me use the guy that's been on the team the whole time. You know, let's just throw to him in the end zone multiple times. Cole Komet, he's been a really good fantasy starter for you these past few weeks. I'm not sure how sustainable this is. You know, obviously, the way he's catching the ball, he didn't have many receptions. Only four receptions and two of them were touchdowns. I don't trust that to hold up. But as long as Justin Fields, you know, they're running the, what's it called, RPO. They're running the bootleg, rolling him out. You know, tight ends tend to get open on those types of plays. We see that across the league. I I think that Cole Komet can be a nice starter for this um, moving forward. Maybe not. He might be. I think I'll have him as a low tight end one, mid tight end one right now, just with the way that Justin Fields playing. But I I temper expectations with him. I don't think his ceiling is too, too high. But, you know, I think this has the potential to kind of even out this target distribution because Cole Komet's getting hyper targeted, um, even over guys like Darnell Mooney. And like you said, like we said, Chase Claypool. So, um, I I mean, Cole Komet, what he's doing right now, good. Start him until you can't. Pretty much. He's still low in tight end one, but. A guy that you're going to be able to, like, you're fine putting him in the lineup, yeah. given the landscape, Like just like you said. A guy that wasn't even on the radar now is, so just another option. For he him. was on the radar week one, and then quickly yeah. fell off the radar for, like, seven weeks. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, Amara St. Brown, he accounted for 44% target share. That led to catching 10 passes and 11 targets for 119 yards. He got a little banged up in that game, hurt his ankle apparently, uh, needed help to the sideline, and then miraculously two plays later came back into the game, uh, and then like they just ran him on like a two-yard run for some reason. Uh, yeah. But if you were wondering why you were buying low, this is why, right? And he didn't even score a touchdown yet. So those are coming also. Um, but like this is the type of production you should expect from Amara St. Brown moving forward. You know, 10 for 11, 119 yards. If you caught a touchdown, balling. Okay. Yeah. And in PPR league, balling. Just keep expecting this moving forward. Yeah. As long as he's healthy, you know, we said, I'm not sure if anything's going to come up, come up with that ankle this week. But as long as he's playing, I think you can start him regardless. There's no reason to worry. Don't overthink it. And like you said, that he's like, he's a pretty solid wide receiver one when he plays. He might be like yeah. mid wide receiver one yeah. um, at this point. If he yeah. could just stay a little bit healthier, I think I'd have him as a high end wide receiver one. But, um, you know, that's out of his control and our control. Let's just hope for the best that he stays healthy. His upside is high end wide receiver one. But right 100%. now, just the way he, his health just being a little bit off, you know, I, I'll leave it. I'll temper expectations that way by having him as a mid wide receiver one. If Cooper Cup, you know, is actually, if he's injured and, you know, the apparently the reports are that he could have a high ankle sprain, right? Yeah. Um, it, it seems to, it, like there was reports that it could potentially be a fibula fracture, but it seems now that it's not a fibula fracture, but like that's considered like the worst case that would have been. Uh, they kind of ruled that out. So like if it's just a high ankle sprain and he's going to be out for several weeks, you're going to obviously be ranking Justin Jefferson, one, Stefan Diggs, you know, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Tyreke Hill, Hill, you know, Jalen Waddle as those top four guys. 
And Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be there, like you said, like mid t- mid wide receiver one, right? Yeah. In that conversation, right? Uh, and Jamar Chase will eventually come back. He'll be in that conversation as well. You know, it, it'll be kind of like that. And I prefer Amon Ross rest of the season compared to Jamar Chase if, you know, assuming he gets healthy at some point. Yeah. DeAndre Swift had seven total touches in this game. Yeah. Only 31% of snaps cannot be trusted right now. We talked about this last week, that it's really, really hard to trust him. And listen, I'm selling him if, if you can. You know, it, it might be tough to sell him, but I don't think it's, t- it's too tough to sell him. It, it wasn't tough to sell him this past week. People were selling him left and right for good stuff. And yeah. every time somebody asked me, like, hey, should I sell DeAndre Swift for this guy? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, for the most part, I'm like, yeah, yeah, do it. Um, yeah. But he did score a touchdown. He somewhat saved you, right? And at the end of the day, man, he, like he's in a red zone package pretty much. Like that's what he has right now. And mm-hmm. he's not getting much of that. And, you know, you got Justin Jackson playing over him in a lot of key situations. And it's not what you want to see. And I don't know what is going to be the indicator for us to be comfortable putting him in our starting lineup. I know a lot of people did this past week. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's just tough to play him right now. It really is. You know, I, I'm starting him just because I'm in shambles at running back in our league. You know, <laughs> my running backs have had a extreme fall from grace. You know, I had Rashad Penny and he he got injured or wasn't able to get Walker. And then DeAndre Swift, you know, he's injured for a long time. And I want to chalk it up to injuries and say that this is why. But you, time doesn't pass without him getting at least a little bit healthier each week. You know, he's getting the same workload every week. And I don't know why Justin Jackson's getting just as many touches, you know, in, in and pretty, you know, relevant situations throughout the game. I don't know why that's happening. Jamal Williams obviously is doing his thing. For the first time with Jamal Williams, we saw him score just one touchdown. So now we can't expect two touchdowns from him every week. But DeAndre Swift, um, you know, he got that touchdown. That is all you have to hang your hat on with him. Um, no touchdown. You're looking at like a one-point performance, two-point performance. Is that what it was? Um, depending, especially if you're on PPR. It's tough to trust him moving forward. I'm not sure if I would start him next week. I'd have to wait until he actually shows up and gets a decent workload to be starting him again. Um, the confidence is kind of shattered at this point with him. 100%, man. Um, can't start him right now. He had two points before that touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster suffered a concussion uh, in his game. Keep an eye on him through the concussion protocol this week. It didn't look great, right? He had, you know, I'm not a doctor, but it didn't look good. Um, yeah. He got rocked on that play, and... Um, he might have gone unconscious even. Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. But, um, you know, monitor his status. My guess is that he'll miss a game, but he might not. It's possible that he doesn't. Just keep just just make sure that if you that you have an alternative uh, going into next week. Yeah. Kadarius Tony, as I mentioned multiple times, this you know, <sighs> he ended up getting some run. He was <laughs> extremely efficient. Uh, 90 yards from the scrimmage on six touches. And he looked good doing it, man. Yeah. He looked good. He ran around on only 43% of dropbacks. He was targeted on 29% of his routes. Uh, pretty high number. And as he, the, the dropbacks can, obviously, you want him to run more higher route percentage on the dropbacks, but the fact that he was targeted on 29% of his routes showed that they, they want to use him. And when he's on the field, they're going to use him. Um, yeah. And as he continues to show more, and after this game, you have to think his playing time goes up even more. I know that many people might want to chalk it up to McCole Hartman being out. That probably helped. Yeah, they might want to chalk it up to Juju getting a hurt, MVS getting banged up in this game as well. But you know, it, it's a, at the end of the day, like these are the type of guys that end up earning targets. He definitely earned targets, you know, in this one. Um, he even faked a hamstring injury going yeah. into the end zone, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, uh, trolling the Giants on that one. Um, but that 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 other grab that he had, you know. Pretty much double covered. He had two defenders draped on him. Patrick Mahomes throws it to him on the sideline. He goes up and gets it. Amazing catch. He could be special in this offense. Yeah. And this is the way you look at it. You know, we know the talent that he had. He wasn't supposedly able to stay healthy in New York, you know, but obviously that's not the case. He's now in Kansas City doing his thing. This is a really nice weapon. You know, we haven't seen too much of him. So, you know, we want to tamper expectations a little bit. But the, what we're seeing is very, very encouraging. It looks like he could be like a really strong weapon. I kind of looked at him running around and he's the closest thing that the Chiefs have to Tyreek Hill, I think. Since they've had Tyreek Hill, you know, the type, the speed, the twitch that he has running. Obviously, he's not going to be on Tyreek Hill's level, I don't think, at any point. But I think that he's the explosive type of player 
where, you know, Patrick Mahomes could be able to make him super relevant. If he gets yeah. just a little bit more time on the field, you know, he's going to show why he was a first round pick um, out of Florida. And what was it? 2020? I think that's yeah. what it was. He, he looked. I thought, uh, listen, man, I'll be straight up. I thought it was the, the worst draft pick of all time. I was not a fan <laughs> of Kadarius Tony at yeah. all coming in. I was like, this dude doesn't know how to run routes, whatever, whatever. But hey, man, now, like, you know, and he's proven it that when he's on the field, you know, dating back to last year, he, yeah. he gets targets and he looks good. It, it helps that he's in an Andy Reid offense, too. That's that's also working for him. You know, you say about the for route sure. running. They will scheme him open if he can't run the route to get open. But going to the Giants, you're not going to be able to evaluate his talent, especially with Daniel Jones up there. You're not going to know what the upside is. And I think Kadarius Tony's very happy to kind of be, you know, relieved of his duty in New York. Now he's got Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. I, I love the upside that he has now. You're lucky to have him on your bench. Um, it's too bad he was on your bench this week. But, you know, that's that's just the way it goes sometimes. You got yourself a nice weapon rest of the season. <laughs> for sure man um yeah i do i guess that's that's a good way to don't look worry. at it don't worry you can recap Kadarius tony uh if you're gonna make me recap christian watson it's gonna make me really sad <laughs> uh well you know another guy that i don't want to recap right now because i dropped him sunday morning was isaiah pacheco he led the backfield for 16 carries to zero for Clyde edwards hilaire seems like there has been a drastic change at this point with Clyde edwards hilaire getting no touches in this game even though he seemed completely healthy uh, it was basically a two-man backfield. Pacheco being the early down guy and McKinnon being the passing down guy. And Pacheco outsnapped CEH 35-4. to four. Yeah. CEH, Odd man you, could probably, you could probably drop him at this point. Yeah, uh, he's definitely droppable. With the amount, it's funny, you know, they have all these running backs and none of them are going to separate from each other. Obviously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has kind of fallen down the ladder a lot. Um, but Jerick McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, they're you know, ground game and run game. That's pretty much what they're using. You could telegraph what they're going to do to the defense, depending on who's on the field, unless both of them are on the field. But Isaiah Pacheco, you know, he's the run guy. Jer Jerick McKinnon, he's the receiving guy. So right now, Jerick McKinnon has the upside. Patrick Mahomes is throwing the receivers and the tight ends. They're pass-first offense. Um, you can be excited a little bit about Isaiah Pacheco, you know, just a little bit with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at this point being a non-factor. So there's reason to be encouraged by what we saw yesterday, but I, I'm not going to get too caught up in the hype. You know, he ran for 82 yards. Uh, he he fumbled it. So he ended up with a pretty uh, meager performance. I think he had like single digits, seven points, something like that, depending on how your fumbling scoring is. Um, I, I'm not overly excited because it's just, he's the ground game back in a passing offense with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, but he can definitely fill in for you. Um, for some of the rest of these bye weeks and as a flex if you need him he's a desperate flex yeah he's an i always call him like an upside rb3 like he won't be in my top 24 most weeks because the buys are pretty much you know over in terms of like by mcgettons um <laughs> yeah but ceh is going to be he, he's out of this of this rotation now the fact that it's a two-man rotation it makes pacheco way more fantasy relevant than he was before um so something that you wanted to see if you had pacheco i know yeah uh, Christian Kirk comes through once again. Nine catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Christian Kirk has won me a lot of money this year. Like, oh, yeah? Him, yeah. I bet on him every week. I bet the overs on Christian Kirk every single week. Like, especially when he, when he has a good matchup. I bet yeah. on him, and I bet on my boy from Cleveland, Donovan Peoples-Jones. This dude mm -hmm. has been winning me money all, all season, all week long. He had a big game, almost 100 yards receiving for him. He led them in targets as well. Going back to Christian Kirk, though. Um, we had... <laughs> We had a field game like this, right? And he did. We talked about this a lot. I did. Talked about a lot this last week. And, you know, another one of our desperate starts, Zay Jones came through with eight catches for 68 yards and 10 targets. I wish it was Marvin Jones, but whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, Christian Kirk getting it done once again. And, you know, he, he's doing his thing. He's he's easily, you know, the, the, the favorite target. And in good matchups, when teams are not good against slot wide receivers, he goes off. Yeah. Christian Kirk, he's still firmly as I, I might even put him as a high wide receiver too. Just the way Trevor Lawrence's been playing a little bit better. You said this was a good matchup. You know, we talked about that, and it turned out be that that was the case. And you said with Christian Christian Kirk making you a lot of money, he also won a lot of people a lot of money if they followed our underdog uh, over unders, the higher lowers, I guess I should say. You know, I know we had Trevor Lawrence for over one and a half touchdowns. You called that one from a mile away earlier this week, so that that was that was pretty good. Um, I was thinking about you when Christian Kirk scored the touch, uh, second touchdown. He he did his thing. You know, he's obviously the favorite target of Tre Trevor Lawrence. 
Um, that seems to really be the only place he's looking at throw. Zay Jones, you know, and Marvin Jones, they can fill in for you admirably week to week. Neither of them are you're never gonna have a week where both of them have a solid stat line. But you know, the Jags offense isn't bad. They're just not a, a, a good team overall. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, listen, in the negative game strip, we'll take it. We'll take the we'll take the production. Right. Jeff Wilson, uh, he totaled 143 scrimmage yards. Uh, he scored a touchdown and out-touched Raheem Mostert 19 to 12. Opportunity-wise, he had 22 opportunities, and Raheem Mostert only had 12 in this game. So he also had one more target than Mostert in this game. 61% of snaps for Wilson, only 27.5% of snaps for Mostert. He's taking over this backfield, dude. It looks like it. I don't want to say that he's, it's a complete takeover, but he's definitely made headway. Like I said, like this headline says right here, um, he's clearly the better back right now. I think that the youth, you can see it on him compared to Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert is still good, but, you know, Jeff Wilson, he is fast. He's explosive. And it looks like, you know, he's better in Miami than he was in San Francisco. Um, the way they used him, I know I, we were just talking about how this Dolphins offense was going to be pass first. These guys might not be too, be too relevant. And they proceed to turn around and give them both a bunch of carries. They both get rushing touchdowns like, just, just to spite us, we were talking about the Dolphins offense being passed first. But Jeff Wilson, you know, he's looking like he's actually a good starter. And Raheem Mostert can be a, a flex player for you if you need it. Um, but Jeff Wilson, you know, he, I think he might have entered RB2 territory with that performance. Jeff Wilson is an RB2 rest of season. Raheem Mostert is a upside flex play. Uh, but if you can, I would try and sell Mostert in a package right now because his performance in this this week was a little fluky. Only 27% of snaps. This isn't he's not gonna have this type of performance. Yeah, I think he scored like 18 PPR fantasy points or something like that. So I yeah. wouldn't expect this moving forward. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both had considerably down days given their standards. Mm-hmm. Uh and the production ended up going the running backs way. So Jeff Wilson, the fact that he is the guy, the the clear one A in this backfield, I would move most of while you can. Yeah. He had over eight yards of carry, Mostert did. So I'm not sure how much, how often that's going to happen. You know, only eight carries, like you said. It might be, I think it's overproduction at this point. And like you said, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Water were really quiet by their yeah. own standards. Um, I, I'm not expecting touchdowns could to be this distributed. But Tua still had a good day, you know? That's, that's, yeah. So that's, that's worth noting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who who caught the touchdowns? I know Trent, I know I saw Trent Sherfield catch a touchdown. So that one was a little bit, you know, interesting to see. But um, do you think, do you think Donovan Peoples Jones is going to be on waivers anymore? Like he's been on a waiver wire list every week for like eight weeks now. He should. And nine targets, five catches, 99 yards. He led the Browns in targets, 26% target share. Not great at Mario Cooper. I guess those home road splits are, are true, huh? Yeah, they're like real. I don't know why, but that's <laughs> just how it works. And now it was the same way in Dallas. And I don't oh know. We got to look back at his Raiders numbers, but. That's that's just pretty pretty funny to look at. You know, we we talk about it as not a legitimate way of measuring, but it looks like for Amari Cooper, this is the. Exception. I don't care for for Amari Cooper. We're we're including it in the in the analysis at, at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know you were. I know yeah. you were. I was I was refusing it. I was yeah, like no, denying it. it it's funny. It's, like, never mind. It's easy to dismiss it. You're like, no, nah, it's not just you know an on off. It's like a light switch. That's not how it works. No, it is. It's really weird. I don't know why. Dude, it's that's, it's it's crazy. Amari Cooper, he's been good fantasy points total, you know, for you this season. If you look at just fantasy points total where he finishes, he's good, he looks very good, but the consistency has not been there. He's won your weeks and lost your weeks. He's in Buffalo next week. I guess you gotta set him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jerry Judy suffered an ankle injury in this game. Uh it, it does not seem like it's a it looked like an Achilles, and the initial thoughts were it was an Achilles injury, but it's he seems to have avoided that. Uh, he's going to get an MRI today and figure out what that exact ankle injury is. Who knows what it is? It's it was a weird injury. Like it doesn't it didn't seem like a high ankle. It could be could have just been a low ankle injury that just looked worse than it was. Hopefully that's the case. We'll yeah. find out more. But in the meantime, Cortland Sutton ended up with going six for sixty six on eleven targets. Uh, he'll get a big upgrade if Judy were to miss time. Greg Dulcich as well. Um, I would think that the the targets would you know be a little bit less just dis- less distributed if Judy were to be out. Yeah, I'm not too excited either way, you know, for Cortland Sutton's prospects, even if Judy misses some time. Obviously, we want Judy to get healthy. He'll be fine. But this Broncos offense is just a fantasy wasteland. I can't stand Ooh. watching them. Who is Jay Ver- Jalen Virgil? Who? What is he doing <laughs> catching a 67-yard touchdown? One catch. You know, just to s- distribute it. Like, I don't understand it. This offense is painful to watch. I'm not a fan of Russell Wilson. I wasn't a fan of Russell Wilson before he went to Denver. 
and now he's in Denver. It's just like, oh, I, I, I the, the offense is just so not good. It doesn't matter. Corlin Sutton, you'd think if he gets 11 targets, he'd have more than 12 points, but he didn't. Yeah. This was a little bit of a tougher matchup for Quentin Sutton. I give him the benefit of doubt in this one, but that's that's just that's just who I am. You know. <laughs> well, after after three straight <laughs> single digit fantasy performances before the bye, he comes back, he gets eleven targets, gets twelve points. It's just like, ugh. yeah, no, I hear I, you. I'm not upgrading him that far. He's a low end wide receiver two for me, even with Jerry Judy out. Just the way this offense is playing, I, I don't like it. Low end wide receiver two. Uh, I would have thought you would go a lot lower than that, to be honest. No, low end wide receiver two. Just because I, I have hope. Fine. I, I have sounds hope. Right. Yeah, I have hope in Cortland Sutton. The talent is there. I know it is. It's just Russell Wilson's been throwing to Jalen Virgil. Like I don't know what that's about. Kendall Hinton had four catches this game. Made no sense. I, I don't know what's happening. Greg Dulcich, he was supposed to have a good game. He didn't. It's you can. It's so all over the place week to week. It fluctuates. I can't stand it. Guess who's Bizak? Jonathan Taylor. Big game. Exactly what we've been waiting for. Oh yeah, and we got it. 22 carries for 147 yards and a touchdown, including a big 66-yard touchdown run, something we haven't seen in a while from Taylor. But that long run, that's something that we wanted to see. Yeah, and that that we were dying to see that. You know, the explosiveness (laughs) just was not there with Jonathan Taylor before this game. And this would be a fantastic performance to build on. Granted, it was against the Raiders. Um, Shout out Jeff Saturday. You know, good win. He, He did tweet that the Raiders look terrible and he, he made good and he beat them. He didn't, you know, have to eat his words. So good on him. But Jonathan Taylor was the story of the day for the Colts offense. He looked good. The offense ran through him. The team looked better. Obviously Matt Ryan coming back, I think helps his offense a whole lot. Um, I think they made the right decision putting him in, even though it looked like Ellinger was going to get the start. They, they said that he ran through most of warmups at the beginning of the game as a starter, but Jonathan Taylor, you know, he did his thing. I think he can continue to do this. Like I said, he's, I think he can build off of this at this point. We've seen him heat up in the second half of the season. This could be the start. You know, this is definitely offers some hope to those guys that drafted him first overall. He's not going to be able to return on that first overall draft investment now, but he can definitely, you know, salvage what's left of the season. There's plenty of weeks left, plenty of games left to get you back in, into uh, competing for a playoff spot. The Raiders were allowing 3.97 yards of carry to running backs coming into this week, which was fourth best in the NFL. And Jonathan Taylor just shattered that. Yep. So that was good news. This is a positive sign for him moving forward. I bought him low a few weeks ago in a couple leagues. And, you know, I wasn't so sure how I felt about it, you know, coming into this week. Yep. It seemed like sitting him last week was the right call because he looks pretty healthy now. Yeah. The other thing to note is that 94% of snaps for Jonathan Taylor. That's insane. So without Naheem Hines, obviously Deion Jackson out as well. That's what you want to see. And by the way, like I don't expect Deion Jackson to take this passing down role from Jonathan Taylor. I think he is a good pass catcher. He's going to be in that role. He's going to be in every down back without Naheem Hines there. So the biggest winner to this Naheem Hines trade, Naheem Hines trade might be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And you talk about his role as a pass catcher. Remember Matt Ryan fueled that 10 catch Deion Jackson day. He keeps starting. You know, that's that's only good news. I think that having Matt Ryan at quarterback is a huge benefit because, like I said, Sam Ellinger, rookie quarterbacks, you see them, they tend to try to do too much. They lean away from the check down. Matt Ryan understands the check down's there for a reason. And if Jonathan Taylor's catching those balls, his ceiling is going to go much higher. And his floor is going to go a lot higher, too, just with a little receiving work because he only yeah. had two catches yesterday. 100%, man. And with Matt Ryan back... Who was, he was declared starter like a few minutes before the game. I wish we knew that going into Sunday, but yeah. hey, what are you going to do? Paris Campbell came back into relevance with Matt Ryan. He caught seven of nine targets for 76 yards and a touchdown. Led the Colts in receiving. Michael Pittman also saw nine targets and took his uh, seven catches for 53 yards. But Paris Campbell, man, with Matt Ryan over his last three games, averaging more than 20 PPR fantasy points per game, he, had, he caught a touchdown in all three of those games. He's looking like somebody who could have some serious... Listen, I'm a Paris Campbell truther, right, Zach? You knew oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I know you are. I remember this comment from you, okay? When I, pay, I picked up Paris Campbell like randomly in like week four or something. Something stupid. Uh, yeah. Way before he was relevant. And then you were like, dude, like it's not going to happen. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Because like, you know, like obviously in, on Sleeper, right? Like you pick up a player... Everybody gets alerted, like you know, in every little transaction. So he's like, it "Ain't gonna happen." I'm like, Zach, I know, 
I know. It ain't going to happen, but whatever. What are you going to do? It was like a primetime game, so I picked him up just in case some, he popped off or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, like five weeks later, <laughs> Paris Campbell actually <laughs> became fantasy relevant. And, you know, he's putting up wide receiver two type of numbers right now. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I wouldn't rank him as a top 24 receiver the rest of the way. But with Matt Ryan, he's definitely in the top 36. Yeah, he's relevant where he wasn't before, especially with Sam Ellinger. Just, it, it, things look so much. It's funny that we're, uh, I was like, I was out of, I was really just not enamored with the idea of Matt Ryan starting a couple of weeks ago, but now that he's back, it's just like, man, yeah, he should be starting. <laughs> you know, it's weird. It's a love hate relationship with Matt Ryan, but he's definitely making these guys uh, fantasy relevant. Alec Pierce just kind of falling out of favor. He had a little bit of steam, he had a little bit of momentum earlier in the season, but that's kind of just kind of fallen off. So Paris Campbell has kind of taken over. He is going to be the wide receiver too the rest of the way behind Michael Pittman. Um, and the way Paris Campbell's been playing, you know, it could look like a 1A, 1B, wide receiver 1A, 1B uh, for these two. Because Michael Pittman, you know, I- I'm not betting against his talent. Just the way that they're being used, Campbell could have an, an, a really nice role. Yeah, a bigger one than you might expect. Yeah, no, definitely. So apparently, let's let's move to Dallas, okay? Let's, let's talk about him. Apparently, Tony Pollard is capable of having 20-plus touches in an offense. <laughs> yeah. It's like 22 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. He caught three of six targets. Has 28 opportunities. Okay, <laughs> literally the opposite of what his 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 um offensive coordinator talked about. I, I, like, come on, dude. Like, this yeah. is exactly what you want to see, right? If you yeah. have Pollard, uh, this is not the limited workload that his OC was talking about. Remember, he talked about like, oh, 30 snaps. That's all. Like, 30 plays. That's what we got for mm-hmm. him. You can't do more than that. All right. Well, he almost had 30 touches. 30 opportunities yeah. in this game. Uh, <laughs> he was on the field for 72 of 84 snaps. Okay, so That's he was huge. the bell cow. He was huge. He was the bell cow for the Cowboys in this game. Quite the surprise for me. And went against everything we heard from the coaching staff lately about Pollard. So if you have Pollard, boom, he's right back up to the elite handcuff that he was. Uh, you know, who knows if Zeke will be back next week. But even if Zeke is back, you know, Pollard obviously is still in play uh, yeah. as a potential RB2. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if Zeke is back, sure, he might get the first crack of touchdowns. But at the end of the day, Pollard, you know, looking like an, a great player. And if Zeke were to ever go down again, Pollard is back to that top five, top six potential. Yeah, I feel like the momentum has to be swinging towards Tony Pollard at this point. You know, the, the question was about whether he could handle the workload. He just proved it. Granted, they they went in the half and not a halftime overtime. So he got a little bit of extra time to register those touches. But he, we just talked about in the episode, I think last week, the rankings episode, I said that, you know, Pollard hasn't cracked the 16 opportunities threshold this whole season where he just crushed it. You know, so this is awesome for Tony Pollard. You can see I put it in the headline, wow, he breaks the 20-touch threshold. Um, I wasn't expecting that at all, his usage. You know, Malik Davis, obviously, he, he's just a guy. I think at this point, you know, they have him behind him just to rotate in. But I thought they'd have a little bit more of him mixed in. Uh, Tony Pollard looked really good. You know, obviously things were looking great. I mean, I'm talking about my Cowboys offense. I'm talking them up. Things got slow in the fourth quarter and on. But, you know, in the three quarters before that, Tony Pollard was doing his thing. If he scored one more touchdown, you know, took a couple more carries, I don't doubt that he gets another touchdown. He, he had a good day for you anyway. Um, I'm not sure if Zeke's going to be back next week. I thought he would play this week, especially after the, the bye. They might be taking it really easy with him. But, but at this point, like, I think even once Zeke is back, Tony Pollard has to get more carries. I'm upgrading him a little bit. Yeah, I, I think you should, to be honest. Uh, and CeeDee Lamb, you know, finally had his big game with Dak. Uh, it's what you want to see, man. Caught 11 for 150 and two touchdowns on 15 targets, 33% target share. The dude's balling out. You know, he, yeah. he did his thing in this game, and that's what you want to see, man. Dak, you know, just keep passing the ball to CeeDee. Give him those targets. So that's mm-hmm. what we saw this week. Yeah, th- this is what we've been waiting for, CeeDee Lamb. I think it's going to continue at this point. Because now they have a little bit of continuity. And the way that he's getting targeted, you know, he's he ha- he's had a fantastic target share the whole season. The production finally caught up to it. I think this is going to continue to be that way because I think that it was pretty obvious that outside of CD Lamb, they're missing talent at wide receiver. Obviously, Michael Gallup came back, but he just hasn't looked the same. Um, you know, if Odo Beckham Jr. might be in the cards for Dallas, I'm not saying you sell CD Lamb high, but I think at this point, even if Odell does go there, CD is going to have a role. That's going to keep him in the wide receiver one conversation like he is right now. Um, 38 points. I'm not sure he's going to reach that every week, but he has a really nice floor for you anyway. Just the way that he gets targeted. So he's a solid wide receiver one moving forward. Like I said, I'm not sure if he's up in that upper echelon just yet. 
you know, this was really encouraging that he might be able to take that step the rest of the way. He's got a good matchup next week against Minnesota, but I think that he should have a, a much better second half of the season than the first half. And we knew, you know, CD was capable of that, right? But we didn't yeah. know what Christian Watson was capable of in the NFL. And now we do. Four yeah. catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns, and eight targets. And that accounted for 40% target share. And remember, Alan Lazard was playing in this game. Okay, so no yeah. coincidence that, you know, this was Aaron Rodgers' best fantasy game of the season against the Dallas Cowboys, right? A good defense. This is mm-hmm. also his first three-touchdown game of the season. He hasn't had that many games with multiple multiple touchdowns this this year. Um, Watson is a must-pickup on waivers this week. How yeah. many, Zach, you, you, you might have paid attention to our league. How many times did I drop and pick up Christian Watson over the last three weeks? Just I a must lot. have. Yeah. A lot. I Probably like, uh, yeah, because I picked him up, then he had a concussion, dropped him. Picked him up, had a concussion, dropped him. Apparently, he didn't have a concussion, picked him back up. <laughs> all that production so, that you missed those past few weeks just came just this week. You know, all, those, much. all the concussion, all those weeks out, he's like, all right, the fantasy gods atoned for their sin in keeping him off the field. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> they, they got it, yeah. And, you know, hopefully you picked him up last week. You know, we did talk about him last week, potentially picking him up because he didn't have the concussion. And with, with Romeo Dubs going out, it opened the door for him to get that full route participation. And he did. 88% route participation, 40% target share. They moved him all over the field as well. Slot, left, perimeter, right perimeter. He was playing all over the field. Um, he's a must pick up on waivers, dude. Like, yeah. ho- you know, hopefully you picked him up already. But if you didn't, you got to pick him up. And I am I'm breaking the bag. On on mm-hmm. on Christian Watson, like you have an early round pick having a game like this on a wide receiver court that's desperate to find playmakers. Rodgers is desperate for number one guy, and you know you can talk about Alan Lazard, but Alan Lazard is not a number one wide receiver, right? No. He's not that guy. Um, he's been getting it done, you know, like he's been getting like the touchdown here, fifty yards and a touchdown, you know, high yardage games. He's been having good games this year, but he never really broke that ceiling, right? Yeah. Christian Watson did in this you know, his first game back um, against a good defense. So whatever fab I have left mm-hmm. for me to wide receiver, I'm unloading it all. It, like these are the types of bets that I want to make. Um, will Christian Watson have three points next week? I don't know. But maybe. Yeah. that's not really what, maybe, yeah, sure. Like I'm, but in, in terms of like what kind of bets you want to make, this is the type of bet you want to make. Yeah. Look at Christian Watson and tell me who else on the waiver wire you'd rather have. There's nobody with the upside like him at all. So it's not really a question of can he do it. It's just like, is there anybody else you'd rather have on the waiver wire? You're not going to have that. Chances are he's on the waiver wire unless you're for us, where you pick the him only up. other guy, uh, you know, that you would consider is Paris Campbell, right? Because yeah. Paris Campbell at this point he was dropped over the past couple of weeks. He's around fifty percent, you know, rostered across across platforms. So he's available in a lot of leagues. Who would you mm-hmm. rather pick up this week, Christian Watson or Paris Campbell? Christian Watson. And is it, and is it close? No. Christian Watson in a heartbeat. It has to be. And did you see Aaron Rodgers? He was fifth so happy. He was fifth so pumping. Happy. So that's what I'm saying. So that is an indicator to me. I mean, obviously, you know, he's had a couple games. Uh, Romeo Dobbs was able to do his thing, but they weren't winning those games. But when you have Aaron Rodgers fist pumping and the Packers are winning, and Christian Watson's catching three touchdowns. You think there might be a little rapport there? You think you might trust him a little bit? I know we talk about trust all the time with Aaron Rodgers and his receivers, but this one looks like it has the best chance of sticking. So Aaron Rodgers, you have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, and his wide receiver one is on waivers. Like You wouldn't let that go in any other situation. 100% agreed, man. So if you're wondering, hey, can you continue this? That's not the right question to ask. The question is, should I make this bet? The question isn't, should you make this bet? You will. The question is, what is his ceiling? Have we seen it? That's what I think. You know, just the rest of the season. If the Packers need to make a playoff push, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he only threw 10 passes at at halftime. That's what it was. He had thrown 10 passes. And then the second half, he picked it up, and Christian Watson went off. So, you know, if they start getting back to the passing game, they've been, you know, leaning on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones a lot because the passing game has just been stagnant. If they found this, you know, weapon here in Christian Watson, he could actually help to bring balance to the offense and restore balance to the force. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um. All right, let's move on to Cooper Cup, dude. Unfortunately, he suffered an ankle injury. Doesn't seem great. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, we, they, I think they ruled out the fibula fracture. That's that's the hope here. Um. 
you know, it, it's could be a high ankle sprain. That's what it seems like, and it might be a bad one. This would be terrible, obviously, but it looks like he is going to miss some time. Um, yep. Not what you want to see, especially in a game where he wasn't – he couldn't get anything going with this other quarterback, uh, unfortunately. But um, if, Cup, if Cup does miss time, you know, this offense is going to be like straight trash, you know. But <laughs> yeah, it's possible that we see, you know, Skoranek, right, in better situations, maybe playing in the slot in that Cup role and not putting up Cup numbers, but maybe he'll be able to, you know, have some six, seven, eight catch games, maybe yeah. not for 100 yards, maybe for like 50 or 60. It's possible he becomes like a PPR magnet type of guy. Allen Robinson might get some more targets too. Like I'm not betting on a whole lot of targets, but it is possible that Allen Robinson, you know, can potentially move up in that, you know, get that eight, nine target range, be that guy, right? But yeah. not not be efficient with it. That's kind of how I look at it. Tyler Higby maybe as well. You know, maybe he can have a higher app participation moving forward. He caught eight. Uh, he got all eight of his targets for 73 yards in this game. He only ran a route on 60% of dropbacks which is not a number where you want to start him. I benched him too. Matter yeah. of fact, I benched him. You know what? I benched him in the same league that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I benched him. And who did you start? In a great matchup. I, I started Evan Ingram. I start? I think Evan Ingram. Yeah. He had how, many, how many Jaguars did I start, dude? Such a bad, uh, too many. bad decision. Too many. Too well, many. Yeah, I'd say too many. I played against him in one of my other leagues. The guy had Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson. Didn't that worked go out. Well. Yeah. Or didn't go well? No, it didn't. Just Jefferson had 35. Dalvin Cook had 23. TJ Hawkinson, he had what 14. Oh, it didn't go it? well for you. Oh no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I played against it. I said, I was like, you know, it, it's one thing to load up on uh on on, on Vikings. Yeah. It's another thing to load up on the Jaguars. You know yeah, what I'm I saying? guess that's true. Yeah, I hear not you. not so great. Not not a great idea. Uh if I yeah. played Tyler Hippie, I probably would have won that game. Uh <laughs> but also but let's let's move back. Enough about me. Uh <laughs> yeah. He, he only played 60% of dropbacks is not a number that you want to start a guy, but he was targeted on 33% of his routes, okay, which is kind of insane. Not something mm-hmm. that's sustainable, but there's a chance that route participation goes up now. If Cup is out for a while, they don't really have that many targets. And, you know, they might have to depend on Higby to catch some balls and not block as much as he was. Yeah. And, and you know, Van Jefferson came back. He had the touchdown, yes. but yes. That's, he's, he's another weapon that they've had. He's been there a little while. He might have a little run. You know, once Matthew Stafford comes back, I'm not overly excited about any of these Rams pass catchers in the first place. Cooper Cup was the offense, and now that he's out, I'm not sure what this is going to look like. Ben Skoran can do his best Cooper Cup impression. He looks like his stunt double out there, but <laughs> he really I, does. I'm I'm not sure. I, I'm not betting on that. You know, if there's any receivers I think that's going to be relevant, you know, it'd have to be Allen Robinson. Outside just, of that, yeah, what? I don't know why you got me cracking up on the stunt double joke. Like it's, I just that's like, what he looks I, it's, like. It's no? hard to hold it in. It's so true because no, every time I, he's he's number eighteen, right? Yes, it's ironic. Yeah, every time he catches the ball, I I feel like it is Cooper Cup. So I, while I was watching the game, I'm like, wow, Cooper Cup's having a great game. But no, no, it was ironic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that target share. Cooper Cup's getting Ben Skoranek's having targets. It's like, man, I don't know. He's been there a while too. You know, they've used him behind Cooper Cup. It's going to be interesting to see because Cooper Cup has been in, he's played the majority of the games, you know, these past few years. We don't know what this receiving core looks like without Cooper Cup in it. Um, I don't think, like I said, anybody's going to jump out and dominate target share. But, you know, there's a chance you can have new relevance in terms of fantasy receivers. None of them have the upside Cooper Cup has. None of them have the floor Cooper Cup had. I think that the best that you can see here is maybe a mid-wide receiver two if Allen Robinson can get things going. Um, Outside of that, it's going to be wide receiver twos and threes all day. I feel like Allen Robinson probably won't even be a wide receiver two. I doubt it. He'll probably yeah, be a we'll wide receiver three at best. Um, Kyron Williams made his debut. Uh, he was second in snap share behind Dale Henderson. So I continue to stash him, you know, through next week to see if his snap share grows. He was the passing down back. Uh, only one carry for nine yards, three catches for 30 yards. So four touches, 39 yards, pretty efficient in a terrible offense. So, yeah. you know, I would I would hold on because he could potentially, you know, leap up to the 1A next week, maybe. Yeah. Zach Ertz hurt, hurt his knee uh, in his game. Uh, they believe his ACL is intact, but he'll get an MRI today. It could be an MCL injury. We'll see, but it looks like he is going to be out for some time. Uh, Trey McBride played every almost every snap after Ertz went out, so he'd be he'd be the guy to pick up off the waiver wire uh, if you need a tight end. Uh, you know, just just a reminder: McBride was the best tight end prospect from this year's draft. Maybe the best overall tight end uh, from this from this draft. Dulcich, and you can argue that Dulcich and um, like as yet, likely we're better pass catchers, but you know, the the guy who won the award for the best tight end in college football, that was Trey McBride. Yeah, 
Christian McCaffrey. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey real quick to close out the podcast. His usage with Elijah Mitchell back is not what CMC managers want to see. Mitchell no. led the backfield with 18 carries. Uh, I think leading the backfield is not a, a good statement. That's not really what happened in this game. Um, but he did outperform McCaffrey on the ground. 18 carries for 89 yards. CMC had 14 carries for 38 yards, but caught four of six targets for 39. Not ideal. Uh, no. They both had 19 opportunities. You know, a couple of notes on this, right? A little bit more context. CMC, you know, he he, he was still second in target share on this team. Brandon Ayuk had 21%. Uh, no, I'm sorry. CMC had 21%. So very solid for a running back. 66% of snaps from McCaffrey. He did run about on 77% of dropbacks, which is absolutely elite, right? So he's going to get yeah. his targets every single week. Uh, to start the game, CMC was the guy. You know, as this game was as this game was close, they were a little bit be, be, a little bit behind at times. CMC was a guy on the field. Later on, towards the end of the game, with the game script changing a little bit, it was Elijah Mitchell getting the carries. Right. So at the end of the game, that's really when Elijah Mitchell was getting his carries and Christian McCaffrey, you know, they kind of like, I would say they limited him, you know, in that game because they were like, you, you don't have to take these hits. That's right. how I saw it. Um, it makes but still, sense. like this, it makes sense from a football perspective, yeah. but this definitely hurts Christian McCaffrey's fantasy value. Not that you're trading him. But <laughs> no, 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 you're not, you know, and I'm sure this backfield will evolve like as we go, but it looks like we can't expect like bell cow usage that we saw with CMC in Carolina, you know, as long as Mitchell's healthy. Yeah, there were seven goal line snaps for the 49ers. CMC had five of them. We obviously saw a goal line touch for Mitchell, you know, uh, near the end of that game. He failed to convert. Um but it does look like Mitchell has some standalone value in games that we think the 49ers should be winning in uh, because he is that early down compliment to McCaffrey. But McCaffrey, as long as these games are close in the, in the beginning of these games, he should be the guy on the field. Listen, you know, you drafted McCaffrey to be what? To have that 35-point potential, right, mm -hmm. in PPR leagues. With this, you know, you, we might not see a whole lot of that, right? This is a good offense, good offensive line, all that. He's, he's, you know, he's going to get his points, but I had him ranked as the RB1 this week. Yeah. Against, against the Chargers. He's not going to be ranked as an RB1 next week based no. on this usage, right? He might be ranked top five, but yeah. he ain't going to be RB1 or RB2. This is uncharted territory for Christian McCaffrey. You know, the whole time he's with the Panthers, he was the guy. You know, now he comes in the 49ers, and for the two weeks that he played, you know, he was the guy. And now Elijah Mitchell's back. I think the 35-point potential is still there, but it's going to be really difficult to get there. He's going to have to have a really efficient day um, to get to that point. His floor is much lower, I think, at this point. His floor before was elite. You know, I think it was like 20 points for me. In my mind, I feel like he could score 20 points very easily. Um, Elijah Mitchell getting all these carries. It's one thing if Elijah Mitchell gets like seven or eight carries, nine carries. He got 18 carries. He out carried Christian McCaffrey. It's just like they clearly have roles that they want to use these guys in now. Um, Christian McCaffrey isn't going to be removed from the RV1 conversation because of Elijah Mitchell, but he's going to slide down just a little bit. I want, I'm going to give Christian McCaffrey the benefit of the doubt. I'm still going to rank him high, you know, next week because I'm not sure if Elijah Mitchell is going to be getting 18 carries every week. It's his first week back with Christian McCaffrey. We see this happen all the time where we overreact a little bit and then things settle back down to the way they should be. I think Christian McCaffrey could still, you know, get the majority of the touches in the backfield. But if this becomes a trend and Elijah Mitchell continues to get 10 plus touches overall, um, it might be time to push Christian McCaffrey down. Yeah, I'm with you. Let, let, let's, let's go over. Let's go over a couple of the running backs real quick before we end the podcast. Who would you rather have rest of season? Let's play a little game. Okay. Oh. Let's play a little game here. Uh, let's go to running backs and I'm looking look at my spreadsheet here. Okay. Austin Eckler or Christian McCaffrey rest of the season? Austin Eckler. Same here. Saquon yep. Barkley or Christian McCaffrey rest of the season? I'm going to go Saquon. Me too. Nick Chubb or Christian McCaffrey rest of the season? I like Christian McCaffrey. Same. Yeah. And I think that's it. That, that's, I think that's, that's about I, it. I think that's that's the end of list, right? So I would say Austin Eckler and Saquon over Christian McCaffrey rest of the season. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. The Which isn't for that me, bad. I was close with Nick. <laughs> I was close with Nick Chubb, but with the show yeah, Watson I, coming back, it's going to be a lot more dynamic over there in Cleveland. So 
I, I, you never know. Nick Chubb might be even scoring more fantasy points. Yeah. With, with Deshaun Watson, right? More it's sustained possible. drives, right? You know, more to try. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, yeah. we, we have no idea. Deshaun Watson, we haven't seen him play in like a couple of years. So who knows? Yeah. Um, all right. I, I, you know, just a couple of quick notes before we end it, guys. Uh, you know, Gerald Everett got hurt as well. Uh, he suffered a groin injury. So Trey McKitty took over for him and ended up with six targets. Uh, you know, someone to consider on the waiver wire as, you know, remember, Justin Herbert doesn't have that many targets to work with right now. Yeah. Uh, PJ Walker has a high ankle sprain. By the way, DeAndre Carter, we called him out as a potential, you know, desperate start. But that yep. worked out. Just want to talk about that real quick. PJ, PJ Walker has a high ankle sprain, which means our boy, our boy, Baker Mayfield, will return to quarterback play this week against Baltimore. So <laughs> I guess we're sitting DJ Moore. Yeah, I guess you have to with Baker Mayfield playing. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah. More, more targets available, you know, with Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey out. So he's he does have, uh, you know, he's a better play than he was when those guys were on the team with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But still, not ideal. Anyway, moving forward. All right, mm-hmm. guys, appreciate you guys. Uh, have a great week. I hope this helps you guys moving forward. We're going to be back with our waiver wire show tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube. But also... Make sure you catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. This will be up. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.